Christianese Hot Topic. Welcome, everyone, to another Christianese Hot Topic. Uh, these are on the off weeks. Uh, on the regular weeks, we have long-form conversation with ourselves and Brian and others. On the off weeks, as it were, we have shorter conversations where we talk about a hot topic. Can you believe it? Hot topic. I can't even believe it. Uh, here you might hear a little bit of crunching in the background. We're joined uh, by a special guest, my son, who is here. I'm so glad you said that because I thought for a minute we had a rat problem. I heard uh, that. You still crunching. might. I mean, that's not. Let's not. Oh, really? That. Okay, um, that could be. But we yeah. have have a loud, loud cruncher here. You want to say anything? You want to say hi? And there you have it, folks. Wow, he has got a broadcast voice. <laughs> A broadcast voice and a face made for TV. <laughs> Very Somebody well told us said. the other day, you, should, uh, you guys should think about getting him in child modeling. Oh. Like, let me, let me tell you, I'm not besmirching anyone who's done that, but I do not want any part of that. If I had a nickel for every time, because people would find out that Jill and I are performers, and so they would say, and our agents would say, you know, hey... You know, get your kid, and we're just like, and again, if somebody wants to do that, totally cool, but I'm just saying, for me, having been on that side and seeing how kids are treated, and it's, it's a no-win, too, because if kids, if they have success, then a lot of times they blow so much smoke at them, right. thinking that they can't do anything wrong, and then when it goes away, they're crestfallen, they're like, what happened? Like, what? And invariably, you get to be a teenager, and you're not cute anymore, or whatever. Right, and yeah. Or... It just if, makes all that... Like teenager that much harder. Yes. Right? Or if you're not successful, then yeah. then the kids are like, "What's wrong with me?" I mean, right. rejection's hard enough as an adult. It's like, well, it would only take one director yelling at my son before <laughs> I would spend a significant amount of time in prison. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I think as a pastor, probably a prison record. Although it might work in your favor, we might be able know. to spin that, and get you a show on PTL. Well, and I'm thinking, yeah. yeah. Or a TBN or something like that. I mean, yeah. imagine how powerful that'd be if I was there and started a church and everybody got saved. And then, like, we don't have gangs anymore. We're all followers of Christ. Can you go rob a liquor store today? I think we need to do that. That'll help the podcast immensely. Can we, and again, you know, faith is great, but I think it's all about trying it's to monetize this podcast, right? Well, guys, I'm going to go rob a liquor store. I'll be right back. Oh, very good. Well, here we are in our hot topic segment. Hot topic. And uh, Dan is kind enough to allow us to talk about this. Yesterday was the one year anniversary of Dan's mom passing. That's correct. Uh, he and I uh, were together that night. And um, he just had some really sweet moments with his mom kind of in the last few hours uh, of her life, which... I think we're encouraging, uh, even kind of confirming um, just that God was doing stuff in her life. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's it's good, you know, as we tell fart jokes and then talk about worldview, I think it's also just good to kind of remind ourselves from a Christian worldview, from a Christian standpoint, we have, have the ability to hope, even yeah. in the midst of difficult circumstances. Right, our, our country's right. going through difficult circumstances with yeah. uh, shootings and with natural disasters. Um, I think it's good to take ourselves back to that, but I think so. Also, think it's good to have this conversation because I don't know that Christians always do this well. Yeah, I think there's a kind of a pendulum or a spectrum, and we tend to gravitate towards the the polar ends of that. Either um, Christians are very stoic in yep. their approach to grief, and they yep. feel as if um, they can't really can't really feel loss. They can't really mourn. They can't really grieve. They kind of have to put on this brave face. You know, I can do all things to Christ and everything's great and exactly. <laughs> fine. Let's right. go sing worship songs or something. <laughs> uh, or on the other end, um, yeah. kind of act in a way to um, to almost indicate that, that our faith isn't real and can't buoy us through hard times. And so I think yeah. the way the Bible talks about suffering is yes. we could acknowledge the reality of brokenness, the reality of loss, yeah. um, but we also have a, a bedrock to cling to in Jesus Christ. So, Dan, as you kind of reflect 
on on the loss that you've experienced over this last year, um, but even on the just the bedrock that Christ has been to your life. I don't know. Give us your thoughts on on processing all that. It's so interesting that you bring that up because I had not planned to do this. We I knew we were going to talk about this, but I was going through Philippians this morning, and John Piper talks about um, you know how, how how there's constant joy. That that's a book that's filled with joy mm-hmm. and rejoicing, and he goes through and he circles all the time that Paul's like rejoice, rejoice, rejoice. Yet he's in prison. And he's also alongside alongside that is huge sorrow because he knows he's gonna most likely he's gonna be killed. Uh, he's got so much sorrow, and 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 Piper brings up that fact that you know sorrow and joy can coexist. You can be experiencing incredible sorrow, but yet right. still be joyful. Yeah. And, and it sounds counterintuitive, and it sounds weird. But as a Christian, yeah, that's the thing. Like I noticed when when both my mom and my dad died, and you know it was seventeen years apart, but. Um, yeah, you feel that thing, and I felt it more with my mom because, you know, I, I understood my faith more by that time, and you feel like, oh, gosh, I gotta, I can't be sad because then what kind of a Christian am I, and then I'm, right. not, I'm not giving a good witness. And I'm, But, you know, grief is such a, yeah, we have to be able to experience that grief and that sorrow, but also know that ultimately there's joy to be found in that. And you said something that was so good to me. I remember that morning after she passed away. Um because you were with me all, almost all night that that night. Because mom was, she was not conscious, but she was struggling, and so they were trying to make her comfortable at that point. But I remember that was that was hard to have that going on. But then when she passed that next morning, it really hits you. The finality of that hits you, even if you have great faith. And I know where mom is. We've talked about this on the podcast before. Like with my dad. I think my dad had faith, and I and I think there was a, a a faith there. But again, I didn't understand my faith enough at that time, so I couldn't discuss it with him as much as I would have liked to. Whereas I had 17 years with my mom, and every time I got a step closer to understanding my faith better, I could pass that to her. We talked about it, and I know without a doubt you visited her like a week and a half before, right? right. And I know where she is, and I I know what her faith is because we went through some moments that were harrowing in the ER leading up to her death where, you know, she made a profession. I've just told, I think I told the story with Brian where she was singing, Jesus loves me. I mean, I right. know where she is. But um, what was, what was I, I totally lost my point. I don't even know what I was, what I was going to say there. Um, but we'll yeah, it. It, but it's just, yeah, I, I remember thinking, you know, that I get, well, I remember what it was. You, you told me, you said, you know, she, as much as you're missing her right now, you're missing her a lot more than she's missing you because she's in the presence of God's glory. And, right. And I thought, wow, that's, and I've told that to people since that time who experienced loss. And again, you have to be careful with that because you don't want to just, like, as a Christian, we tend to rush in and be like, hey, here's a scripture. And it just, sometimes we have to listen to people. You just, you just have to just be quiet and just, right? And just come alongside somebody. Yeah. And I think sometimes as Christians, we, in a, in a healthy way, we want to give people truth right. that's going to anchor them. Right. But I, I think sometimes we neglect the reality that God has made us not just as intellectual beings, but as feeling people, right? He's right. given us emotional capacity, yeah. and that's not bad. Right. And it, sometimes we kind of have this stoic approach to Christianity where we try to shove our feelings down yes. and you know squelch them with truth. Right. Um, and I think our, our lives shouldn't be led by our emotions. It should be led by truth, but emotions yes. are a component of that. And so sometimes, you know, as... As a human being or as a pastor, I'm just in my own life or with other people, yeah. just recognize that there's going to be a time to speak truth into somebody's life, right? right. But sometimes right. there's also just a time just to sit there 
and yeah. just to cry with somebody. Right. And just to say, this really hurts. And right? that's what was so helpful that night is you just sat with me and we talked about everything from hot dogs to like, it didn't have to be, and it, it, it was liberating for me to not feel like I had to talk about just my mom constantly because, I mean, it was always there, it was present. She's in the corner of the room while we're we're there, but we right. could just kind of, you didn't, I, I didn't feel like I had to be uh, extra... I don't know, just fake in in that moment, and because you also feel the pressure of like, oh, if I if I have a smile or if I laugh here or something, is that is that devaluing my mom? And it's yeah. not. I mean, just you're still human, and within the moment, you're trying to find just things to get you through each each moment. But but the other great thing, and not great, but I mean, great from a term in terms of us. Uh, being missional with trying to spread the word about who Jesus is and that we believe he's the Savior. Um, but death, and facing death, there is nothing more authentic and organic in, in talking about Jesus and in talking about God's plan for redemption than when you're facing death. And so it gave me opportunities to talk to people after my mom passed and and during that whole time about, gosh, here's the reality. I know my mom's going to die, but I also know where she's going to be, and I know that I'm going to see her again. And that was one of the things we tried to be aware of, too, at her, her service is like, um, how can we, we want to make sure we work the gospel in there and we want to talk about how she accepted that and, and present it clearly. So anybody who was there, because we have a lot of family and we all have a lot of friends who I don't know where they are in terms of their faith and if they believe, you know, that Christ was the Savior, that I don't know. So, you know, my cousin did the service and was really good and we were very, he, he presented a very clear message. So in every, in every situation, and we're kind of talking about this in, in Ephesians right now and yeah. in our study that we have, but just in all circumstances looking for, hey, is there a way in this to, to talk about God, to point things to Christ and what, and allow God to use us in all these circumstances that very often are like, oh my gosh, this is the worst thing. How could anything good come out of this? Well, and I think, you know, it's kind of a truism, but death really is the great equalizer, right? Yeah. So regardless yeah. of the success yeah. or the affluence or the comfort or the friends or whatever you've had yeah. around your life that has maybe distracted you from thinking about uh, existential or eternal things to yeah. thinking about, you know, from a Christian standpoint, to thinking about where you stand in relation to Jesus Christ. Yeah. I think there is that moment where if you've been able to push that out of your head and be distracted from it, there comes a point where you're going to come to the door of death and wonder what's on the other side. Yeah. Right. Um, and I think that really does present a great opportunity to talk about um, the reality of the brokenness of sin, to talk about the reality of God's judgment, and also to talk about the fact that we have been created as eternal beings. Right? right, so kind of the the longing that we feel, the general sense that we feel that there must be more than this. Ecclesiastes yeah. tells us has been put in us by God that right. He's put eternity on the heart of man. Right, so right. I think there's a great way to acknowledge for people. Listen, you really are at the door uh, of walking into yeah. eternity, and for some people that's going to be joyous, and for some people that'll be scary. Yeah. I, I think of Philippians two, where it talks about um, how every every knee will one day bow before God yeah. in worship to Him. And just right. what strikes me about that passage is for some people, that's going to be this joyful confirmation of everything they've given their lives towards, right? It's going yeah. to be this yeah. moment of rapturous worship. And for other people, there's going to be this horrible realization that everything that they gave their life to was empty right. and that they had right. turned their back on or ignored uh, the reality of God's existence, right? right? Yeah, in a way that Romans 1 and Romans 2 talks about. Um, from a... From a, a processing standpoint, though, yeah. um, what are some things maybe that, that as you think about your mom 
being in the presence of Christ. You know, as you process the joy of that and mm-hmm. the grief of loss, what are some principles maybe that have helped guide you through that? Boy, you know, I think I think one of the biggest things is to just constantly, uh, you know, there's been so many times where I thought I was completely through it and I was I was okay, and part of me I think was in shock for a while too because even though mom was 90 and I knew that, you know, she certainly had less time here than than. I did most likely, you know, that she, her time was coming at some point, but it happened in a, in a couple of days where I just wasn't expecting that. And I think it's, first of all, allowing myself to, to feel grief. And when I do not try to squelch it and not try to push it down, but also you don't want to revel in it too, because, uh, then that gets to be such a sad sack, feel sorry for myself. And also if we do, if we do believe, I mean, if you have no other hope and you think you'll never see that person again, then yeah, that's, that's. I get it. I, I don't know how people get through that because you lose a child, you lose a parent, you lose a spouse, whatever. And, and you're just, I would want to be perpetually in mourning, you know, because the thought of never seeing somebody again. But I think it's finding that balance between um, having a hope, especially a hope with my mom that I know where she is, but also there's times where I can just miss her and be okay missing her and, and talking about it and not feeling like, oh, I, I can't ever mention it again, you know, because well, what's the matter? You're going to see her again. You know, it's like, yeah, but I bet, man, it's death is final. And it's a strange, I was talking to, we had, we know both know somebody at church who, who, um, who lost a parent recently to cancer. And I, I was talking to her recently, just kind of saying, Hey, you know, in those, in those times, um, how did you handle all that stuff? And she basically, you know, just said, you, you gotta, you gotta have times where you allow yourself to grieve that loss because it's such a death is such a mystery, even though we, we do ultimately know where we're heading. I heard RC sprawl talk about that one time and he says, I'm not worried about actually when I, after I die, but it's the whole process of what's it going to be like. I mean, there's fear there. There's, there's mystery and be okay to not have all the answers. I don't, you know, like when we talked to Brian, we, we don't always have all the answers. Uh, So I think it's, it's, but I think it's just for me, it's been being okay to sometimes something will happen. I'll have the weirdest, Something will bring up mom in my mind, whether it's a it's a saying or it's a song or something, and it's okay. And it's okay to be sad in those times and just be like, ah, this is this is a bummer, and really feel that and be okay. Yeah, you know. Yeah, this is super, super, super different. So I don't want to put this on the same plane at all. But yeah. when we have reunified foster kids, yes, in some ways it feels like a death because yeah. they are leaving our life, and in many instances we're we're not really going to have much, if any, contact with them again. So somebody right. who's kind of integral in our home and our life is now suddenly gone. Yeah. Um, and it, it's been kind of a, a weird journey to kind of process through that. Yeah. Um, cause you know, there's, there's these weird moments of just, <laughs> you feel like a junior high girl almost, you know, yeah. just reminding myself, this is, this is what's true. This is the hope I have in Christ and that gives me peace and rest. Yeah. But yeah, just moments where, you know, just crying on the floor saying this just hurts. Right. You know, I remember telling Janelle that, wow, this, I don't remember which foster kid it was, um, but just sitting on the ground together crying and just telling her like this just hurts yeah right and and again that's not that's not rejecting biblical truth because biblical no. truth believing in the hope of the gospel believing in the hope of eternity believing that Jesus Christ is enough yes. to sustain me right now yeah um, does not mean that everything's rosy and that even no. goes to what we talked about with Brian even with health and wealth preachers right yeah that yeah yeah I think one of the things that makes Christianity the most viable worldview is that it really does help explain the world around you, right? Correct. So you can see a world where there's still hope and joy and peace, and yet there's also hurt. And I think in death and in loss, it's really where you feel kind of that tension. 
kind of that already not ten, not yet tension, right? Where yeah. I already have the promise of God that sustains me. I look forward to his coming and his righting all wrongs and uh, revealing his glory and then kind of being wrapped up in that. But we've not yet experienced the fullness of that. So we still live as broken people in a broken world, you know, experiencing the pain, the agony sometimes of that brokenness. And I, I think it's when we grieve well that we mm-hmm. evidence really the reality of of our worldview, right? That I can yeah. I can affirm biblical truth and be anchored in that and also admit that I just want my Savior to come back because this world is still broken and only He can make it right, right? There's nothing yeah. that any of us could do to bring your mom back, bring yeah. those foster kids back in our life. Yeah, it's and that tension be, is okay. It's okay, yeah. We can, again, those the sorrow and joy, that joy in the background is always there, but that sorrow, they can they can live side by side. Um. When Jeff Beckwith, who's one of the pastors of our church, does funerals, yeah. he always goes to Ecclesiastes and kind of starts by talking about how Solomon talks that it's better to be in a house of mourning than a house of celebration. Yeah. And I think there really is something about funerals mm-hmm. um, for believer and unbeliever alike that, that are clarifying. You know, yeah. I mean, I, I think it's so easy. I was just praying this morning, just thinking through all the things that I get distracted by yep. that feel so immense in my life. Yep. And I think one of the beautiful things about spending time in the Word and prayer is you can step back and remember this thing that seems so huge in my life. Yeah. It's actually pretty small in the scope <laughs> of God's redemptive plan, yeah. you know, in the arc of, yeah. of the narrative of Scripture. Um, yeah. So what happens in my life matters to God, but I also get to step back and see it in light of His kingdom. Yeah. So I think there's something about being in in funerals that remind us of that. You know, they call right. us back to, man, life is short. It is. You know, every time I'm there, I automatically, I start texting my family just to tell them I love them. Yeah. But it also causes me to think, what am I giving my life to? You right. know, it, it's really right. like that car with the alignment off where you just veer away from yeah. a, a trajectory of faithfulness so easily. But then I yeah. think, especially for, for unbelievers to come to grips with, um, are you ready for death? Yeah. Does your worldview account for that? Right. Um, you know, obviously, we're not going to browbeat somebody. Or <laughs> I don't. I never want a funeral to be kind of an altar call kind of thing. We're oh, just no. come down and make a profession of faith. But no. I think it is a great time to remind people: if your worldview can't explain death, then you have a bad worldview, yeah. right? I think that can open up a lot of conversations. And I think if we do believe what we say we believe, then it's incumbent upon us in those moments, like you said, not to browbeat somebody, but we have to. We have to proclaim the truth. We have to say, "Look, here, you don't have to believe it." But here's what we believe, and here's what Scripture says is true. Yeah, that you know you're going to die, and you're going to be judged, and you know death happens one time, and then there's judgment. Right, and you're either with God eternally or you're not in whatever hell is, and whether it's fire, I don't know. You know, I hear people like Billy Graham talk about what hell is. I just know it's with it's a part being apart from God is probably the absolute worst thing. It is the absolute worst thing that we could ever experience if you if you subscribe to that right that truth. Yeah, and I think to you know to realize none of us knows what's going to happen in the next few minutes. Right. But passages like Philippians two kind of speak a certainty over the world that there is absolutely coming a day when everyone will bow in worship before Jesus Christ. Right. Yeah. So if you know that's coming, yeah, it'd be good to prepare for that. Right. It'd be good to be on the right end of that. It'd be good to be in relationship uh, with God in Christ. It'd be fun to. I say fun. It'd be interesting to talk about death with Brian and get, yeah. get his perspective on No, I think, I think, and I do think that's a good, you know, because we, all of us, as even believers, unbelievers, we spend so much of our life, at least I know I do, a lot of times trying to avoid thinking about death, avoid talking about death, just completely um, imagining that it doesn't exist, you right. know? And, and one thing that, as I did 
going with my mom on her journey over the you know the 17 years that I had with her after my dad died and would spend a lot of times in and out of nursing homes and skilled nursing facilities and hospitals constantly and you see people around you who are at death's door all the time and it's one thing it gave me it made me think about it a lot more it made me think about death and where I'm going and what's going on in my life and spiritually where I'm at because when you know we most of us don't spend our life around people who are I mean we could all go like that we right. don't know right but these are all people and and it's just it's really uh, yeah death death is a real thing and that's the one thing I think we can all agree on is right yeah regardless of your worldview you cannot yeah. deny the reality of death right right you have to be able to account for it and explain it yeah um, you can ignore it but you're ignoring yeah. it doesn't mean that it's going to go away. And it's funny. I mean, even, or maybe especially in Southern California, it feels like we're more committed to to pushing back the effects of Absolutely. entropy and decay and death. Botox. Right? Like, we, uh, there's this magazine that comes, the magazine of Santa Clarita, which is the town we live in. And, like, the first 15 pages are these <laughs> plastic surgery ads, right? Yes. And, you know, people are trying to, but listen, all the Botox in the world is not going to save you from the reality of death. Although I did get a breast augmentation, and I have to say I feel younger. I got to tell you, you look younger. Thank you. I'm, I'm amazed. Thank you I very mean, much. I'm but also I, wearing a push-up bra, so <laughs> that's not weird. We'll be sponsored here soon by, by several uh, plastic <laughs> surgery companies. Yeah, that's right. Well, I think um, you know, I think there's lots more to talk about this, but I think especially in the world we live in, especially with the things that have happened in the last few weeks, just to remember both that for the Christian, we have tremendous hope um, in the gospel of Jesus Christ, and in um, for the unbeliever, the reality of death is certain. Right. And I just think that that gives us an urgency yeah. to want to have conversations like we're having. We've talked before. Uh, we do not see it as our responsibility as Christians to close deals. That's not no. what we do. No. But I think in as much as you know, that we're having this conversation with Brian and others, we do want to explore worldview yes. and really say, this is what we believe is true, and we think our worldview can account for death and explain it well. Right. Ask Andy what he thinks real quick. Is there something you want to say before we leave? What do you want to say? I agree with that, Andy. Any Andy, thoughts? Andy, seriously, in Genesis, what's your favorite part of that book? Uh, Do you want to? I agree. You know, I your favorite so. story is about Zacchaeus, isn't it? Who was Zacchaeus? He was a. What? <laughs> well, <laughs> there you have it. That's words of wisdom. Good job, buddy. You were such a good boy this yeah, whole podcast. You, you crunched loudly, but you sat here the whole time nice and quiet. We appreciate it. What that. a good what a good boy. Well, that's it for this time. Uh, this is, the sh- of course, the shorter hot topic. Uh, next time, Lord willing, we're going to be with Brian. We're going to be having some conversations. We have lots of great shows coming up, so please uh, come back and see us. And also, if you get a chance on uh, on iTunes or wherever you happen to listen to fine podcasts, give us a rating, would you? And, and maybe a review. And subscribe. That and way subscribe. you'll always know when we drop fresh tight content like the one you're listening to this very moment. Dan, I got great news. We picked up a new sponsor this week. Are you serious? Uh, yeah, which is great because um, maybe we'll get you that longer cord for your headphones uh, that, that we've been be saving towards. But, uh, well, you know what? Let's just hear from the sponsor as we close. Thanks for listening, guys. Do you find yourself listening to other people's podcasts and thinking, I could do this better? Are you frustrated by the way other people talk and want to perennially correct them? then you need to subscribe to our new helpful newsletter, getyourownpodcast.org. 
That's right. For the low, low price of absolutely nothing, you also can have your voice heard on the internet. You can say whatever you want. You can criticize whoever you want. And you can have whatever content you want. That's right. For 12 easy payments of absolutely nothing, you also can have your podcast. Subscribe right now on getyourownpodcast.org. Oh, my God.